You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about ways to optimize employee performance. And I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, David Quick. Let me tell you all about him. He is the go-to speaker, executive coach, and vested chair, expert helping business owners and CEOs learn how to work fewer hours, be significantly more successful, and build stronger professional relationships. He's worked over 20 years with companies like Bayer, Johnson & Johnson, Roche Diagnostics, and as the owner of Helping Bulls Thrive in China Shops, he's impacted over 300 CEOs nationwide, and he's been featured on TEDx, and he's a regular presenter at Vistage Meetings. Wow, this is going to be a great interview for sure. He helps companies thrive by attracting top performers into the organization. Welcome, David. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? Well, Nancy, that was awesome. I think we, we may get into more as we share some time today, but I'm honored to, to share some time with you and your uh, guest today. Awesome. And what a great set of companies, Bayer, J&J, all those companies. So I'm sure you've got a wealth of knowledge. Let's start out by asking, what do you mean by recovering bull in the China shop? I've not familiar with that term. <laughs> well, Nancy, most of my career, both in the military, so I was a, a Navy surface warfare officer and then uh, climbing the corporate ladder. I was the guy that would push really hard on mission, vision, get things done, and not always focused on how I got those done. So uh, the proverbial bull in a china shop, uh, making sure that I was pushing and getting results, sometimes probably not in the most effective way from a leadership perspective. So bull meaning pushing versus nudging Gently, is that what you mean? Or, or inspiring others to follow or whatever uh, other metaphor you can choose. Clearly, early in my career, I was more focused on knocking down walls and um, getting results than uh, inspiring others to follow. Got it. Like the term bullheaded, probably, right? Correct. And, and kind of the bull in a china shop, uh, a little reckless. Uh, m- my wife, who's my business partner, often reminds me, Hey, slow down, inspire others to follow, uh, and it's helpful. So I understand how you got the bull side of it. How did you get the herd side of it in your language? So we spend a lot of time at our heart, a coaching company. We, we coach individuals, groups. We also help people hire effectively. And this whole herd mindset is we get the protection of the herd. We get the power of the herd. And for me, this a metaphor extends to how do I have every bull in my herd? And bull is not gender focused. Instead, it's do they have power, passion? Are they driven to be in that role and do remarkably well and pull hard, push hard, be part of the herd? The more we have that, and the, the way I talk with senior leaders all the time is you have the herd you deserve. And that um, this comes from, am I putting effort into 
strengthening the herd? Am I inspiring others to follow? Am I pulling the power and passion from everyone? And do I have them in a seat in the organization where they do feel that power and passion and they're excited to come to work and help us move toward our goals? So let's talk about those right seats because you've spent a lot of years with some major corporations and you've probably seen some bad hires and probably some bad promotions too. How can companies hire that right person for the right seat? So I'm a big believer in assessments and the kind of what everyone says, hey, hire slow, fire fast. But assessments really kind of run the gamut from things like personality assessment that you can filter in strength when you hire. You also do things at the end of the process like skill assessments. Can they do the work you want them to do? And I can give some concrete examples. One of the companies that, that I ran, we, we grew from 50 million to 550 million in four years. We were hiring a couple hundred people per year and we used personality assessment, a tool called Culture Index, to look and say, these are the ideal personality traits required for the job. Can we filter in that strength instead of filtering out weakness? Can we look and say, we need highly autonomous social people that are inpatient and have a degree of compliance. That's ideal for salespeople. If we're hiring warehouse worker, we want instead huge attention to detail, meticulous, methodical worker, and all of those you can filter in and find the right people, then go through an interview process. Uh, I'm a big fan of top grading. And then at the end, assess for skill. So for things like warehouse worker, we would bring people in on a Saturday, pay them 1099 wages and have them work for four hours. During that four hours, we would watch them pick, pack and ship. We would train them on pick, packing and shipping. We would watch them and then we would give them a written exam. And so every organization can do that and find, can we bring the right people in? And are those people capable of doing the work we want them to do? That all increases your hiring success, performance, and ensures in a more robust way that I have the right people in the right seats. Do you ever run into someone who's test shy, who just doesn't test well? And how do you overcome that? So c clearly you will. I mean, from the personality assessment, the, the tool we use, and there's hundreds of them now out there, Strength Finders, uh, Predictive Index, the, the tool that I recommend, Culture Index, that your listeners, I'll, I'll give them a free glimpse of that uh, at the end of our time here today. But all of those are pretty quick now, 10 minutes or less online, choose the words that best describe you, choose the words that best describe what you need to do to be successful in your current role. Those are very easy, not very threatening. Some will have some anxiety, but not much. On the other side, I think when you start to get into the skill assessment, there could be some anxiety around, well, you know, even people in interviews sometimes have stress and you have to do everything you can to make them comfortable and explain, hey, we're just watching you work for the four hours stretch it out over a four-hour shift, say, hey, we're just watching your work ethic. And you get to know people and see, hey, are, are they just nervous or is there a gap here in skill set? And, you know, the more you do around the gap in skill set and say, hey, we're better off just finding somebody that matches this job better, the better off you'll be. That's fair. I like that for sure. So let me ask you, sometimes employees get unmotivated and, of course, then they underperform because they're not feeling motivated why do you state that leadership may be at fault, not necessarily the employee? So um, I, I love a quote by Drucker that says, only three things happen naturally in organizations, friction, confusion, and underperformance. 
everything else requires leadership. And so I've just taken the mantra and part of my growth as a leader is one of those three, three things happening, friction, confusion, or underperformance. It's most likely a leadership gap, not the employee gap that employees show up at least 95% of them saying, I want to do a good job for the organization today. It's leadership that gets in the way. So we provide clarity. Do we have robust set of expectations? Do they understand our vision of the future? Um, you know, we talk about four tenets here at Helping Bulls. Do we have a compelling and repelling vision so that it compels the right people, repels the wrong? Do we have a robust set of core values that outlined everyone? Here's how we all act and behave and that we ask you to act and behave that way. And if you can't, we'll ask you to leave. And then high expectations and really powerful engagement. So if you don't have those four things present, then once again, I'll say you have the herd you deserve. If you don't have a compelling mission, vision, and the right people are inspired to become part of that, and the wrong people are repelled away, then you can do better. Uh, If you don't have robust core values and reinforce those when you hire, measure people on them annually and ask people to leave when they can't adhere to them, then you could have better. If you don't set really high expectations like a sports team, you go into the season saying, well, I hope we have a winning record. Or do you set the beginning of the year and say, we expect to win the equivalent of the Super Bowl. And then what does engagement look like day-to-day with your employees and your customers? I like that. So I know that sounds really good on paper, but given this amazing economy, I hear a lot of people say, I just can't find the right hire. Do you think there's just a lack of qualified people or they are already got jobs? How do we solve that when people know they're growing and they're struggling to fill a seat? Well, clearly the war on talent is real. If we look at the uh, unemployment level, Uh, that coupled with CEO or business owner optimism at at probably 20-year highs from an optimism standpoint. So most organizations are feeling good about the economy. They're hiring. They're in growth role, growth mode. And on the flip side, unemployment is at record low. So clearly there is a war on talent. I think it's ever more critical to create this magnet that I have this compelling magnet that brings people toward me. And the more that I fuel that with intention, the better I'll be so that when I do have to go make that hire, I can reach out into the workforce where people are already gainfully employed that are excited to work where they're at, but could even be more excited to work for your organization that they'll at least sit up and listen when they look at things like, Hmm, I'm looking at this company's mission and vision as stated on their website or video or social media and understand that they really live it. I'm working with a client in Washington, Indiana, and if you go search on the map, you'll struggle to find Washington, Indiana. It's in the middle of nowhere between Indianapolis and Evansville. And quietly, this company has set a really powerful culture. They have fueled this magnet over the last couple of years. They've grown from nothing to $60 million. They'll finish the year at $100 million. Well, they just finished the year, so they'll be at $100 million. And they're having no problem Uh, attracting talent into their organization from all over the country. And it's because when you engage with them, you feel this magnet, you're drawn to them. You say, Hmm, there's something different about this organization. And again, I look at that and say, that doesn't happen um, accidentally. It happens with intention around, do we set out to create this powerful vision of the future? Do we have people act and behave in a certain way? And do we set really high expectations and then do we engage in a powerful way? And that organization's doing it. 
uh, working with their leadership team on hiring the future leaders of the organization and then helping them from a leadership standpoint to make sure those things are in place. And, you know, we recently just hired three senior people. The three owners of the company are moving away from the day-to-day operation and moving more toward board role and hired four senior people in the last year and got people from all over the country, much larger organizations to come uh, from Arizona to Washington, Indiana. I mean, we've had those kind of experiences here. So clearly can be done, but it requires with intention saying, am I building this powerful magnet that will draw people toward me? That's awesome. So do you see a difference between working with the millennials who are now, you know, in their 30s and starting really successful businesses versus older people who have had businesses for a while? Um, so I always say, I think millennials get a bad rap. I think there's a... There's I love a, millennials. I think yeah. they're making some major changes for yeah, the world. Think, it's cool. Yeah, I, I think that um, in general, like every generation, there's unbelievably great people and there's people that aren't so great. And millennials have the same. I think they're focused on things that, that we've talked about already, which are, is there a mission vision match? Um, is this a place that I want to be drawn toward and am drawn toward? And do I want to participate. They also look and say, there's more than, there's more to life than work. And, you know, I think all of those things are healthy. If we look at what all of us aspire to have is some sort of balance. And I don't mean that in a way that says they're equal, but that we have goals and aspiration. And I think millennials have found a way to do that. And we can point to social media and other things in a negative way. But I think you can also say it's effective uh, for organizations to understand that and say, hey, we're more than just what we do here at work. And that um, there's a, a big piece of what's the whole person? How am I attracting those? Um, you know, there's a ton of subtle things we can do. I just uh, took something from an organization that in their interview process, they make sure they're having conversations with the people they're interviewing that if they move toward offer, the hiring manager is required to put into the offer, and it's tiered by level in the organization, something that they uncovered during the interview as a bonus for hire. So not dollars, but something like, hey, I have a young mom who's bringing her family into our community, and she has two young kids. She likes to take them to the pool, so we're going to add annual pool passes to our offer. And it's just a brilliant way to say, hey, I'm listening and I understand who I'm interviewing. And I think that thing would hit, that would hit home with millennials where, hey, I understand something specific and unique. If we look at our tenet of engagement, I think that's a perfect way to do that. The lady who shared the story said uh, she had worked for the company twice. The first time she came out to interview and they were taking her around Bloomington, Indiana, and she said, oh, well, I love this because there's hill trees and I can mountain bike and there's also rivers so I can kayak. And they said, well, how old is your bike and your kayak? And she said, well, I just got a brand new mountain bike, but my kayak's like six or seven years old and I'd love to get a new one. So when they extended her an offer, the offer included a new kayak. That's so, so cool. Yeah. That's and it's awesome. just, it's, it's just, a, it's a great way to think about how can I impact others? How can I engage in a meaningful way? And in this talent crunch environment, you have to put yourself in that position of taking a job saying, I got two offers, one in the offer process and the interview process understood me enough to offer me a kayak, which isn't a unbelievable amount of money depending on where you are in the organization. 
but it demonstrates we care, we listen, and that we have this robust set of core values, how we act and behave, and we care. That's really cool. I love that. Well, I want to switch gears before I ask you the signature question everybody gets on this podcast. You're doing some pretty cool things in 2019 for couple business owners. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Sure. So my wife and I have been in business the the last uh, 12 years. We've launched three businesses, uh, just created something here in Bloomington called Work Love Bliss for couples in business together. And we have a mastermind for couples in business together that meets monthly. We're launching at the end of January, a kickoff in Atlanta, Georgia, and we'll be going to a handful of other cities across the country, really focused on how do we help folks that are in business together Uh, that have a common interest in a business, move toward bliss, both at work and in their relationships. And it's been just a blast doing that. And we'll have a national launch by the end of 2019. You can find more information on our website, worklovebliss.com. And uh, we also have a landing page uh, for all of your listeners, Nancy, at helpingbulls.com forward slash Nancy Gaines, where there's access to Culture Index for free, spend some time with us on individual or group coaching, uh, do a team assessment to find out how strong your herd is around uh, Culture Index. So a bunch of things that they can explore and look at and happy to talk about. Awesome. Could you give me that link one more time? I'll make sure it gets in the show notes. Yep. So Nancy Gaines, or sorry, helpingbulls.com forward slash Nancy Gaines. Perfect. Now are you ready for the signature question? Absolutely. David, we are all about getting people back some time in their day. So if you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours, how would you spend your extra hour? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, I'm drawn to say family, but I already have carved a bunch of that time back out of my schedule over the last couple of years. I would instead put time to think and reflect. That's a good answer. Actually, that's good because you take a break and you actually come back with better ideas. Is that what you're thinking? Absolutely. Too often we're rushed and we don't take the time to, I call it, step out of the deep end of the pool. We tread water all day. And instead, if we would climb out and look and go, well, where am I trying to go? We might be more effective. Absolutely. Love that. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that I didn't even think to ask you today? Uh, I can't think of anything. Uh, if If your listeners are interested in kind of how to hire more effectively to inspire. We have a ton of stuff on our website, including free access to Culture Index. One of the things we do for organizations all the time is send us uh, five top performers, five bottom performers for any role, and we'll tell you who's who blindly. Uh, The tool is that powerful and does that effectively. So uh, if there's an interest in how you can hire more effectively, uh, there's a, a free glimpse of Culture Index on our website. That's very cool. And I've heard about that tool before. I haven't used it myself either as an employer or employee, but it sounds really powerful. It's it's fantastic. I've used it now uh, almost 20 years. And it's, what, about $100 a person? So instead, it's uh, it's an annual subscription model based on the total number of employees. So it's unlimited use based on the total number of employees in your organization. So a little different than like uh, – a caliper or strength finders where you pay per assessment. You really want to assess everyone you would touch and allow the tool to filter in strength instead of going through an interview process. Here's three final candidates now assess. Um, this assessment can be used up front to filter through a huge applicant pool and find the right. That's actually a good way to do it. So people aren't turned off by the price and then somebody slips through who shouldn't. So I love that. And everything's yep. going towards subscription anyway, right? Correct. Awesome. 
David, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Lots of great information for people to hire the best people for their team or herd, if we want to use your term for sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners, I just rolled out a new program for business owners looking to systemize their companies in 30 days or less. If you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked in your business, this program is for you. We work side by side or Zoom by Zoom to get the systems created. Just go to nancygains.com or shoot me an email, nancy at nancygains.com, so we can have a conversation. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.